This week on the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln podcast, it is the first installment of the first edition of the Rail Splitter Book Club, where we're going to talk about David J. Kent's Lincoln, the man who saved America. Now, now, now! Not five, not four, not two, just three! The Rail Splitter, axe in hand, looking out frontier of hope and possibility. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes! Welcome to the Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln podcast. My name is Jeremy. With me this evening are Nick. Hello, everyone. And Mary. Hey, Rail Splitter Nation. All right, it's good to be back. We've uh, we haven't posted in weekly, but it feels like we haven't recorded in a while. So it's very yeah. nice to be to be back behind the microphone and to, to see your your guys's lovely faces. So, um, so yeah, uh, last episode we had Dr. Stacy Pratt McDermott on, which was very very enlightening, and then we took a little bit of time off. So yeah, it's great to be back. Uh, any any yeah, Lincoln related news for you all over the last couple of weeks? Um, his birthday's coming up. I know yep. that. that. So, for him. Other than that, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we rarely record the day that we post, but just due to a couple different things and busy schedules and whatnot. So we're recording on Thursday, uh, February eighth, when this episode actually, hopefully, if all things go well, uh, goes live. So yeah, the birthday is just right around the corner on Monday, mm-hmm. um, and we actually kind of on our little rail splitter group chat talked about a couple ideas, and we have something special. A special bonus little mini episode for you uh, that we will do in honor of Abraham Lincoln's birthday, his 209th birthday, coming up on February the 12th, which is Monday. So if Nick and I sound a little chipper, sound a little happier uh, this episode, we not 10 minutes ago found out that we have a snow day tomorrow. There's a big snowstorm that's hitting the Midwest pretty hard, um, probably actually going to hit up in Mary's neck of the woods too. So um Nothing you you will not see someone happier than an educator before a snow day, and that especially includes, on a Friday, right? Yeah, especially on a Friday, and that, that may even include students. Yeah, extended weekend. I've already taken five shots, so you know. <laughs> so this might be a show. That's for, actually not true. This might be a show for the ages. So. <laughs> um, so you know, we're always looking out for Lincoln news. Something did come across uh, the Twitter feed today. It looks like the Palmer House in downtown Chicago um, is going to have. They're going to unveil a special kind of a bigger Lincoln bust um, of his Illinois days pre beard. Uh, looks like uh, so the secretary of state for illinois was in downtown chicago so that's another lincoln tourist attraction it looks like that will be um, in the palmer house which is a very uh, historic hotel anyway so that might be a cool thing to check out if you're in chicago um, and especially if you're staying downtown palmer house is right downtown so the palmer house just where uh our high school's uh, model un team was just hanging out so yeah, how'd they do? Uh, they did very well, I guess. Uh, one of the students got like an honorable mention. So I guess there's like kids from like all over the place, like flew in from China and literally across the world. So um, I guess it was crazy, like waiting for the elevators the whole time. And, you know, sound awful. That many high school kids. <laughs> it's stressful. 
<laughs> so, but the youth of America is in good hands, and uh, it's nice to see that the Model UN is actually bringing in an international crew. Um, and one other thing, real quick, Nick, um, kind of also from our professional lives, but uh, you had some news on the documentary front. I don't know if you wanted to share that with the Rail Splitter Nation or not. No. Your news about the Beloit International Film yeah. Festival? No? Oh. <laughs> no, I did. Yeah, sorry. You were cutting in and out, so I didn't know when oh, you Oh, my bad. There. We apologize for the awkward pause, but when we record on the night that we post, we don't have time to edit that out, so you all get to hear the real, the real deal. I didn't hear it all, but I think you're talking about uh, the making of a soldier. So um, the class I teach, one of the classes I teach, and uh, Jeremy helped start. Part of the Veteran Project, so the kids have made a 70-minute full-length feature documentary that will be shown at our local film festival here in Beloit, Wisconsin. Yeah, we're excited about the chipping away at that some tomorrow, so editing my part. So kind of I worked on it with a current student and a former student. So Cool. Can you yeah, give us pumped. just like a, like a real quick, what, what's the, you know, like when it comes on Netflix, what's the paragraph uh, teaser going to be <laughs> for the making of a soldier? Uh, I focus on about 15 Vietnam veterans, so kind of taking you through their journey from uh, basic training to their combat experience and to the, uh, you know, the struggles of coming back and adjusting back to civilian life. So, so Excellent. So, I mean, it, it kind of ties in indirectly to, to our show. Anytime we're talking about um, veterans, combat, um, veterans affairs, all that kind of stuff. So, um, very, very cool. So, um, yeah, at the Boyd International Film Festival, which is actually pretty pretty cool film festival in general and uh, it's nice to see nick's work and nick's students work being showcased there so yeah the uh, fest the festival got a shout out from the new york times actually um not too long ago so as one of the top 15 film festivals outside of like sundance of course and all that hoopla yeah oh, cool. it's like can sundance and then every you know <laughs> the rest of them um cool yeah so that's yeah congratulations you know that's a Nice accomplishment. Hopefully, it's uh, only only upward from there for the making of a soldier, the documentary uh, by the Harlem Veteran Project uh, under Nick's direction. Uh, Mary, any Abraham Lincoln things or news related items to come across your desk uh, over the last couple of weeks? Um, on Twitter, I noticed the other day um, that Ford's Theater did what's called they do hashtag uh, Ford's Oratory which is where these students uh, from DC schools get together and they perform Abraham Lincoln's speeches. So I was retweeting some of that. And one of the teachers, I can't remember her name, she replied to me and said that um, they're gonna be on YouTube at some point, I think. So I think I thought that was really awesome Lincoln news to, to know that there's students out there that um, they go to Ford's Theater for the day and the different classes perform Lincoln's speeches. Oh, wow, that's really... And like you mean literally perform, right? Like it's not like uh yeah. not like reciting the speeches themselves, but they're actually doing some sort of performance. Yeah, I think it's something like they say they perform them. Um I haven't seen any of the videos yet, but um every year when it happens, I usually I try and retweet them and just get word out about that, you know, what's happening. And they had um apparently a full house for it as well. Um it was uh Ford's Theater Education Twitter account that was uh tweeting a lot about it. I think it's at Ford's EDU. Yeah, from, from uh, what I saw, from what you had retweeted, it looked to me like it wasn't like it, it wasn't a kid standing there reciting a speech. It was, yeah, very, uh, very involved. So it looks like an actual <laughs> performance in, in more ways than one. So, yeah, yeah. like like a guitar. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be on YouTube so I can see. Maybe there is. Maybe there is one of those. 
Um, I uh, I was actually lucky enough to take a vacation last week, which was super, super awesome. Uh, my wife and I got a chance to get away, um, and I got to see a live recording of one of our favorite podcasts called The Road to Now, uh, which was really, really cool um, and kind of a surreal, maybe unique experience. I don't know of any other podcasts uh, who have been able to do that. We were in Mexico, um, in Riviera Maya, right on the Gulf of Mexico, and they did a live recording of their podcast on the Gulf. So it was, uh, they, they talked about the history of the United States, Mexico relationship. Uh, and Dr. Sawyer, who's one of the co-creators of and co-hosts of the show talked about Abraham Lincoln in a really kind of fun way. Um, and I was sitting there with my Lincoln t-shirt on. So I kind of got, got my history nerd going and it was cool. So, um, it was really surreal to be sitting on a beach and looking at the beautiful, see and listening to a podcast about history uh, so i wish more shows were able to do that i really wish the rail splitter was able to do that but uh, oh, nice. alas i don't know if it's in the budget for 2018 we'll have to check future years so could we hear you shouting on that one when it comes out i don't think so they had a real it was really weird because it was on like a lagoon um so like the kind of the gulf flows into this lagoon area so we were actually kind of far away they wanted to do a q a and i had a couple questions ready ready to go um and um it kind of what they weren't really able to do the q a um hopefully uh our paths will cross at some point in time uh, our paths on the road to now we got really close to having one of their hosts on as a guest and then the timing just didn't work out so we're hoping to, that that can be something we'll offer our listeners here in the future um so the reason we are here this evening is to talk about uh, our book club, which hopefully um, many of you have read along. If not, totally fine. Stay online. Don't stop listening because we'll, the show will work for you like every book club. I'm sure there are members who didn't read the four chapters. I did. I read the four chapters. I was I spent eight hours on Sunday in the Cancun airport, so that gave me plenty of time to read. Uh, I think I read 400 pages uh, or, or thereabouts in... Um, in the Cancun airport, not of this book, of several books. Um, but, oh. but yeah, I definitely read chapters one through four, which is what we're going to talk about today. So uh, the book is called Lincoln, The Man Who Saved America, which is a great title. Uh, the author of the book is David J. Kent, who uh, we hope to have on the show. That'd be awesome if we could. Uh, he literally, 45 seconds before we started recording today, joined the Facebook group. Uh, so he is... Uh, in there, which um, if you search Facebook for the Rail Splitter, you will see uh, our Facebook group. We welcome you to join it. So, um, before we kind of get into the specifics of chapters one through four, uh, this is the first time. Actually, it's not the first time. It's about the third book I've read in a book club format. So, um, forgive me if I'm a little new to hosting a book club. But uh, what were your thoughts, just kind of generally, on the book itself? I would like to point out, and I want to thank Nick and maybe turn it over to you first, because I was struggling to kind of find find where I was with the book and kind of find what my feelings mm -hmm. were. And then Nick pointed me uh, to a very, very um, good point about critiquing books and looking at books, and then uh, pointed me to a video from C-SPAN with the writer himself, and that really put it into perspective for me. So Nick, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, usually when we have like a guest or somebody, I like to internet stalk them. Oh, I mean, do research. Um, <laughs> no, I came across Dave's. Uh, he's got a website out there. Um, if you Google his name, 
he's a science traveler, so um, which I found interesting. Science traveler, author, Abraham Lincoln historian. So quite the, quite the resume right there. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, I came across it, and then he had a link to a C-SPAN uh, little um, presentation he did in regards to his book. And what I found fascinating is kind of he talked about who his target audience was for the book. Um, you know, we're kind of reading it and kind of critiquing it. And I'm kind of in the when I critique stuff, you know, I always like Roger Deeper because when he critiqued movies, he kind of did it, um, you know, obviously did it from an analytical eye. But he always kind of kept who the target audience was for that movie. So, you know, every once in a while, like an Adam Sandler movie typically gets panned by stuff. He'd actually give a good grade. So um, and I think that's important, especially when it comes to books and who your target audience is based on how you write it. With all that said, um, if you go watch him, he makes a point of saying that he was really trying to target an audience of like everyday, um, everyday readers, I guess. So um, he wasn't going for that scholarly crowd, um, you know, the super Lincoln, uh, you know, history nerd or geek, whatever you want to use that to be said. Um, so, which I think is a good strategy because I think if you're doing a biography of Lincoln, you have to take some type of angle because it's pretty much been done um, and it's been done masterfully by a couple of different individuals. So um, I think you definitely have a strategy of that. Uh, with that said, he kind of said um, his strategy was, once again, to kind of get that um, maybe beginner Lincoln um, historian and you know, grab that casual viewer. So what he did to set himself apart is something I noticed and I did like about the book was all the graphics. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. a lot of different pictures, graphics, um, and all sorts of different types from actual portraits of the people to paintings of the events and even um, like a graphic novel um, stuff's included in there, which I enjoyed a great deal. Um, he also kind of, he uh, tried to avoid the scholarly language um, that you would get. So I think the target on still for a, um, adult, but this definitely, you know, as an educator, I was thinking, you know, definitely high school kids, this would be a great starting point for them, mm -hmm. um, who are really looking to get into it. And another thing, which I thought fascinating is he wanted to keep, they had kind of a strategy to keep the price down on it, um, to get it in, in people's hands and make it more accessible. Um, which, which I also enjoyed hearing that. So um, this is kind of giving you a little idea of what his approach was and who he's going after. Yeah, and after you had pointed that pointed me to that video, like it was a really kind of strange experience for me because I was really struggling with where I stood with the book, or at least the first four chapters. I really liked it, um, but I was like, why? You know, I was like, man, why am I reading this? I'm not really learning anything. Nothing's jumping off the page, and I was just kind of struggling with. I don't not like it. It's just different than anything I've read. And I was really just kind of trying to grasp at, like, what is it about this book that I'm just, you know, missing? And then once I saw that, I've never before had my opinion of something really shaped by, like, oh, wow, now that I know what the author was trying to do, I'm like, holy cow, he did a great job. This is, like, really well mm -hmm. done for that. Um, and I didn't really know, I guess, you know, I, you know, I never, you never really think about that. You, you know, you never really think like, what was the author? And maybe you should, I, maybe I should as a reader think like, what, you know, what is the writer trying to accomplish here? Um, because I just assumed based on other Lincoln books that I've read that his goal was to teach the reader as much as possible about Lincoln. Um, but listening to that speech that he gave, it was on Speedspan. I'm like, holy cow, this is a, such a great idea to make a book 
for the, he, I think he called it the general public who tend to be a little reluctant to read and tend to really misunderstand Lincoln. Um, he did, it was great. The first four chapters, I think, you know, as much as any part of his life is misunderstood and he does a really, really good job of explaining it very well. Um, and I went from feeling like this is a great book because it's short and I can just kind of brush up on something really quick before a show maybe to like, I, I need to recommend this book to people because, um, it, you know, if, I mean, af, of course, after I recommend our show, no, <laughs> but, um, I need to recommend this book to people who are interested in Lincoln or at least are kind of buying into the legend of Lincoln and, you know, kind of as Americans and say like, you know, if you really want to know about him in a really quick, pretty easy, straightforward way, this is a great book to do it. So once I knew what his motivation was, my feelings from about the book and my admiration for him in, in accomplishing the goals just, just really, really took off. Yeah, that was the, it was the exact same for me too. So thank you, Nick, for recommending that, you know, to watch that, um, the video about him, it, like my opinion completely changed. Like, like you, Jeremy, I enjoyed reading it, but I was like, what am I learning? Um, but then once I found out the target audience, it completely, you know, I'm like, this is an awesome book you know like yeah a big person beginning to get into Lincoln it's great to recommend to them and I think it's got stuff in it that us you know Lincoln heads kind of we take for granted as facts about him but for someone starting to learn about him they would find it like oh this is cool and he's a really cool guy and if it leads to them reading you know Donald's bio about him or White's bio about him and getting into Lincoln in the way that we are that's really awesome yeah or even if it's just one part like yeah, um, he, exactly. Because you know, he, um, Kent finds a way to include uh, a lot of detail without mm-hmm. going into much detail. I don't know if that makes a lot yeah. of sense, but like, no, no, that's what I thought too. I'm like, wow, he's he's hitting on all the key figures in Lincoln's life. He's hitting on you know really cool facts about him, um, and he's telling his story, but he's doing it in a way that is not a lot of words. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Right. So like if you really found a hook and you were like, wow, like, like this is something that is really fascinating to me. You, you, you could go places and find, mm-hmm. find more, more, I don't even want to say scholarly because this is not, not scholarly. It's just not, that's just not what it's intended to be. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, the, you know, his general store ownership or, or, or management, his beginning life in the general assembly of Illinois and his, you know, um, like the, a specific example, I guess, from the, from the selections that we're going over, um, is when, um, he was looking at going into Congress and there was the deals where, um, the three main wigs of the area kind of agreed to take turns and take one term each. Um, he, he covers that in a way that you understand that's what happened. But if you yep. really wanted to get into the nuances of those agreements and Lincoln kind of wrestling with it and the ins and outs of that and how the rivalries could have emerged, did emerge in some ways, didn't in others, um, and how that may have planted the seeds for the Senate run down the road, that you know you can go to Burlingame, you can go to Donald, you can go to White, um, you can go to Kearns Goodwin and find all those. But mm-hmm. this book does a great job of being quick and teach you what you need to know and then you can move on. Um, especially in these first four chapters, I thought that was really, really cool. 
And I think it's a great thing for those of us who have been studying Lincoln for a while too, as a refresher that, you know, you can't possibly retain everything about his life. And it's good just to read that overview again, to kind of, you know, trigger like, okay, there's this that happened. Um, and the other thing that I like about it too, is in the back of the book for each chapter, there's further reading that you can do. So if there is something like you said that you kind of latch onto and want to know about, it's there for you. Yeah. And he kind of mentioned, you know, I don't think he, you know, he doesn't need to prove himself as a Lincoln scholar, but he was kind of mentioned mm -hmm. how he, you know, in that video, how he is one and he reads 25 to 30 books a year on Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And um, so it, it must've been quite challenging to, to write in this way, you know, to write in a way, it, you know, it's always hard to, to try to put yourself in someone else's perspective, right? It's very hard to do. And I think that that's something that we all need to do, do more often and do a better job of. Mm -hmm. uh, but to, to, you know, for me to put myself in the position of somebody who doesn't know much about Lincoln, but is curious about it. I mean, I've, I've been curious about Lincoln my whole life, and I've been picking up books about him my whole life. Um, so I don't remember what that felt like, you know, to not really know. Mm -hmm. So to like, how, how do you yeah, pick out details and anecdotes that are going to be fun in a book like this and, and, and how, when to stop, when to pull back. So it'd be interesting to hear like how long this book was in its first, first draft. I, I'd, I'd bet, I'd bet mm -hmm. quite a lot of money that it was a lot longer than it ended up being. Yep. Yeah. I'd be very interested to hear kind of the process that he went. Um, and how he kind of got stuff narrowed down, um, mm -hmm. if that was a challenge. Um, yeah, and I, I just think, it, I mean, this is tailor-made, especially for, like, that high school kid, junior, senior, who's super into history, wants to know more about Lincoln. It's affordable. It's out there. Mm -hmm. It does a great job giving you, you know, um, great insight in on Lincoln. So it'd be a great starting point there, for sure. Well, um, yeah, and I think this is something that, should be a thing you know like mm -hmm. it, it feels like there's not like in in the world of fiction that there's tons of that you can get books written at every level every reading level every level you know some that are just kind of dime store romance novels all the way not to, you know none not one's better or worse than the other i'm not passing judgment on anybody's reading habits but you know you got your beach reads and then you got more you know highbrow stuff with all you know all kinds of symbolism and whatever else in the fiction world sometimes it feels like in the non-fiction world it's gotta it's either you know i mean other than like self-help in that whole vein but like specifically in history or even in politics some of the time um, or at least at least history of politics the books are either done scholarly and really kind of highbrow at a very academic level mm -hmm. or they're specifically geared toward children there's not, I don't see a whole lot of books in that middle vein where it's like, I just kind of like history and I'd love to just pick up a book and read it for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope that, that this book becomes very successful and, and this becomes a thing because I think it's great for people. Like I could give this to mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, some people in my family don't share the same love of history that I do and they may like to read it. I don't know. And maybe some friends of mine who don't really understand like why I'm so obsessed with Abraham Lincoln this might be a great this would be a great yeah, book for them to read i agree and when i saw the book i was in barnes and noble in port here in michigan on a weekend in september with uh, uh one of my best friends who's also a lincoln geek and we saw the book at the same time and we went over and picked it up and saw the price and we were like yeah we're buying that you know and mm -hmm. it was the cover that caught my eye like the cover is it's 
it's very eye-catching. And I, I mean, like you said, you want to give it to people that don't quite understand your obsession with Lincoln. I want to pass it on to my mom for her to read because she's never read a Lincoln biography. And this is a great place for her to start. Did you just admit that you judge a book by its cover, Mary? I do. Well, and how about, <laughs> but I, I think that's good. Why wouldn't you? You know, like, who, who know, doesn't? Just... Who doesn't? Like, honestly, who doesn't judge a book, at least in a, <laughs> at least in a small way by its cover? If you can tell if me. If I pick it up all, and, the co- and the cover's too good, I put it back. See? Because I, I, I don't do that. I don't judge a book. I want the crappiest book cover. You literally, you I... literally just said you did. If you pick up a book. No, and... no, no. You pick up a I book know, and put it down sure. based on its cover. That's literally judging it by its cover. If it's got Lincoln or Sherman on the cover, I buy it. <laughs> and I, I, I think that that's an important point, especially about this book specifically. Like, I'm sure it was designed to catch people's eye. And like, I, I saw it in the museum and had a very similar um, feeling. Well, of course it's going to be designed to catch somebody's eye. Isn't that the whole point of a book cover? <laughs> yeah. And it's because publishers know that we judge books by their covers. Why wouldn't we? Um, but I, but yeah, we are that shallow. Yes. But it's the cover itself makes it look interesting, and the title is great. Um, and it, I think it all serves the purpose that we're talking about, which is, you know, to re- to reach the general public and to make it link. Actually, I didn't judge it. I did not judge it by a cover because I I'm reading on a Kindle. So I am only on channel one. Once again, why I am everybody's favorite rail splitter. Hashtag team Nick. Hashtag, Hashtag team the Nick. other put two. It, put it in your reviews on iTunes. Um, one thing too about like the whole, you know, cover thing and, and making it accessible. You know, I compare it to team of rivals, which was a New York mm-hmm. times bestseller. Everybody was talking about it. And I'm like, I wonder how many people pick this book up and read it cover to cover. And I know we all did, and a lot of people we who listened to the show did. But I really, you know, I it, it's a deep book. It's 1,500 pages. Like it's it's really involved. And that was kind of the mainstream Lincoln bio for a while. And I just like I lent it to somebody, and they still have it. I don't know if they read it. They don't think they did. You know, so it's like. I don't think book sales necessarily equal readership all the time. And the fact that this book was designed not to be sold, but to be read is really cool. And I know all books are meant to be read, but like, I don't know how many people are picking up a lot of really like the more deep or the deeper Lincoln biographies and really reading them the cover to cover um, other than us, because, you know, that's how we roll. Yep. Because we're uber nerds. Yeah, exactly. So anything that we wanted to kind of point out specifically about chapters one through four that we liked, that interested us? Maybe we should go through like what each chapter was about, maybe. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, you guys want to start? Chapter one, Kentucky born, Indiana raised, which sounds like a good John Mellencamp title, but it's not. That's what it sounds like. Do you mean John Cougar Mellencamp? Uh, I subscribe to his later work, apparently. <laughs> he, so, I mean, he does a nice job, actually. He goes, he does get a, uh, some detail on uh, Lincoln's parents. 
provides us some of that building up to it. And, you know, he does it one chapter, which is quite impressive itself. Um, mm -hmm. So nice job kind of, you know, greasing your wheels to get into it. Yeah, he's got the um, the painting. The one of the the pictures is the one of uh, Nancy Lincoln by Lloyd Ostendorf, and he talks about how we don't know what she looked like, and he provides a description. That really um, that was one of my favorite parts of the chapter. Yeah, the the artwork and the graphics jumped yeah. out at me right away, um, and especially some of them uh, more than others. But I think the Nancy Hanks Lincoln Lincoln portrait uh, was one that that kind of jumped out at me a little bit. Um, for sure. Um, they also had some nice, nice images of, of time period, log cabins and, and similar, um, mm -hmm. houses to what he'd lived in. Um, I did like how they, ex or how he, how Kent explained the moves and, um, how Thomas Lincoln was always on the brink of success was just kind of going to make it. And then you know, something fell through or, or whatever, and then, um, moved on and, and I mean, making it, I don't mean like make, making it rich, but like making sustainability, sustainability, making um, it rain. Yeah, exactly. Um, the part about that, and I think it was in the first chapter. Yes, it was when, um, he talks about Thomas Lincoln leaving to go find a wife, essentially, and just leaving two children in a very simple shack mm -hmm. for like three months. Um, I thought that was really well told in this book and I, cause it's so important and um, you know, you're kind of talking about, it's like a chapter that takes what, 19 years, mm -hmm. but uh, those three months took up a relatively big chunk of it. Um, and if, if important uh, it's important so it was uh time well spent uh, some other parts from that chapter that i liked talking about a stepmother i don't think you can overemphasize her importance in lincoln's development mm -hmm. very important to include there and um i like i liked that he spent as much time as he did uh, on her and on that relationship yeah, I like that part too. I also like that, like that he's got listed, you know, um, he talks about his love of reading and he's listed some of the books that he, he read as well. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I did too. Um, yeah, specifically. And that was actually something, and that is, that is one benefit too, you know, let's not get too highbrow about how many Lincoln works we've read there's still stuff to be learned from this, even though it's a little bit simpler. And exactly. the fact that he listed those, I may, that may have been lost if I'm reading like a, you know, hundred page mm -hmm. chapter on this part of his life. I'm like, Oh wow. The specific titles kind of jumped out at me. Because yeah. They, they did for me too. And I was like, so I... yeah. Like, and I was like, wow, he read that. And yeah, like you, I probably biography or something, but like it, in this book, stuff is jumping out at me that, you know, I'm like, wow, that's, yeah, now I remember that. Or like, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else from chapter one? We can move on to chapter two. Um, coming of age in Illinois, which of course I really like being an Illinoisan. Um, 
but I liked uh, talking about the move, his work in New Salem. I think it was important to spend some time about the separation he took from his family um, and the animosity he kind of had for his dad, uh, which was good. Uh, and then, of course, New Salem, which is a very key town in Lincoln's life. Mm-hmm. You know the story that stuck out to me in that chapter? What's that? I have no idea why. Is them uh, sewing the pig's eyes shut. Yeah, that one stuck <laughs> out right. for me too. I was like, what the heck yeah. going on? And I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> let's sew their eyes shut. We'll be able to get them on the boat easier. It's okay. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell is wrong with these people? That's what yeah. I thought. I'm like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. Well, and I was just like picturing him doing it. It's so cruel. Yeah. And no. And he was such an animal lover, and I'm like, how? Like, oh, he's smart. Like, why wouldn't he be like? That's a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, like, why would that? No. They're, like, they're just. It was like, technic- oh, I can't see, so I might as well just sit here. It was technically the other guy that did it all, right? That's how right. I took it. Yeah. yeah. So, but still, man, just bizarre. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that did definitely jump out of me. I was I was sitting in the airport, like looking around, like. You know what the heck? this is crazy. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I was like, whoa. Like, like then you got like unsew them or I don't know, take the stitches out. I don't even know what the hell it is. I don't even understand. Uh, it's got to be a would, bitch to do too. They yeah. probably just slaughtered them once they get down there. Well, yeah, well, that's a that's a valid point. I think pigs are temperamental animals to begin with because uh, my partner used to um, his dad used to have pigs and they had to load them onto trucks and stuff and. He said it was not a fun task at oh, all. Oh. Uh, one thing I did, uh, I will admit, I never really pictured a flatboat in my head when I was reading about Lincoln, probably accurately, because there's a there's just like a, a watercolor painting of a flatboat from one of the graphics. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's what the flatboat looked like. In my uh, head, it wasn't that. Uh, and I don't know, I was picturing, I don't know if it was like Huck Finn bleeding over or something, but I just wasn't picturing quite the size and the, like I pictured it more of a raft than an actual big wooden, big ish wooden flatbed boat. Um, so I did kind of learn a little bit about a, a misconception I had about those, um, the Mississippi years, the Mississippi river years. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought the same thing. And it just like it reiterates how um, important the graphics are in this novel too, or in this book that it just really helps you visualize um, things more in Lincoln's life. And that's one of the things I'm enjoying about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it did take an adjustment for me to, to get used to the pictures and mm-hmm. like, you know, how much time do I spend on them? When do I stop reading? When do I look at the graphics? Yeah. Uh, but uh, and some of them are are better than others, uh, but I do think that they 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 serve their purpose well. All right, then the Black Hawk War. I think I may have been unfairly judgmental of because we did that show on the Black Hawk War, and I I enjoyed that so much that I like really soaked up that the information mm-hmm. about that. Um, so I feel it was a little short, but it, it's got to be for, for what he's trying to do. Yeah, I think for someone just 
um, you know, starting to learn about Lincoln, it is an excellent overview of the Black Hawk War. I know for me, it would be something that I would, if I needed to refresh myself on what, you know, what happened, I would go to that. And then I know I could go to something else too, to get more detail. But um, I think for someone that for the general public that he's trying to write to, it is great. All right. And then I do like that they did put a portrait of Black Hawk himself in there. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to, to show that side of it. And that's an important part of that story um, that was obviously outside of Lincoln's control, but it's important to note. Uh, and then I, I do like um, one of my favorite parts of the Black Hawk story for Lincoln anyway is how he just kind of comes back and goes to work and you know back in the retail world and working with Offit, and um that the relationships he built in the black hawk war were very important but it didn't have an immediate impact on his life at least i mean like as far as his station in life mm -hmm. he was elected captain they came back and was kind of in the same lot he was in before Uh, one thing I also like too is that he goes over the other jobs that he had to, you know, he was a surveyor, he was a postman and um, that was, you know, and there's some cool illustrations associated with that as well. Yeah. And, and I thought he did really well highlighting how important that postmaster spot was um, mm -hmm. above the surveying and the rail splitting and yeah. um, the shopkeeping um, and all that. And then we move on to politics and uh, what, how he, how Lincoln got into state politics, his first run, which was unsuccessful, which was unsuccessful, and uh, how he worked into the General Assembly. So, uh, the biggest part I took away from this chapter was how he did a great job of showing that very key slavery vote where there was like six votes in the whole general assembly um, on the side of abolition or at least on the anti-slavery side. And one of them was Lincoln. Very important, I believe, not only to understanding Lincoln's early political life, but also the courage that he had and to realize that he was not necessarily a party person, but did vote his conscience. Also, there's um, some good stuff on Henry Clay being Lincoln's kind of political hero in a way. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, Ninian Edwards, and he played a very important role in Lincoln's social <laughs> life and love life. Uh, our buddy Joshua Speed. Um, yep. All of those characters, great explanation of who they were. What, they, what their role for Lincoln was, and then, of course, a really nice image so you can see what they looked like, uh, which yeah, yeah, that's helps. That's one thing um, I'm really enjoying about this book, too, is um, the author is hitting on all these key people from Lincoln's life, and uh, you're getting to know them um, as you read through the book. Um, one part of the this chapter that stuck out to me, too, was just the story um, of how the capital became Springfield, how it was Vandalia, and then it became Springfield as well. Like, that was, I thought, a really 
succinct writing of it and just to know that Lincoln was involved in that is that's a really cool fact. Yeah, I also had that written down. I really kind of enjoyed that too. Mm -hmm. You did a nice job kind of telling that story on how things played out, kind of painting yeah. a picture of how both uh, the towns looked at that time. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, agree. Yeah, and he does that. a real nice job brushing aside um, Chicago because a lot of people are like, why would they not pick Chicago? And he's just like, Chicago wasn't Chicago then. It was never considered. Like, cool. What, no more you need to know. Um, yep. And I like the Long Nine. Uh, that's uh, not only my favorite uh, beer at Oban Isaacs in Springfield, uh, but it's also uh, the Lincoln, along with other politicians who brought the Capitals to Springfield. Uh, of course, we have Stephen yeah. A. Douglas popped up here, too. I'm sorry, Nick, were you going to say something? No, you're good. You keep going. Okay. Um, so I like how we're already kind of weaving him in as a character in the story um, appropriately and how he's mentioned in the Mary Todd story angle, um, kind of during the courtship, how he was the suitor. Um, so I like how he's already in these early chapters emerging as a potential uh, rival and, um, you know, political rival, personal rival. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of foreshadowing, but still pretty cool. I like how that happened in the early chapters. Yeah. yeah another... Oh, sorry, Nick, go ahead. Another thing they do with the character, you know, we talked about him talking about the, the slavery vote there. Um, but he's also building off the fact that he was very critical of Polk mm -hmm. during the Mexican-American War. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of building that for later uh, where he's going to hit on, you know, kind of Lincoln isn't just going to be a crony. He's going to be a guy who's going to come up with his own vision and drive hard to do that. Um, and like you said earlier, willing to take some, you know, not the mainstream um, stance on an issue. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, I, I think that's an important seed to plant story wise and. Um, I think that that's sometimes hard for more in-depth works to accomplish, to draw lines like that. Whereas in this book, I have a feeling we're going to see like a connection made to that, at least for the reader, a lot more easy to make because it's short. Mm -hmm. And the things that he chooses to highlight are well thought out because he obviously had to cut things. And there are things from his life in the legislature that just didn't make it into the book. Uh, whereas when you're reading like White and Burlingame and Donald and Kearns Goodwin and, and any real others, they're not going to cut anything out because they want it to be a thorough biography. And I shouldn't say not anything, but they want it to be thorough. Whereas here, if it's in this book, it was an important event in Lincoln's life. Um, so I think that you can really read it fairly intently. Um, and come away with a pretty good understanding. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And the other thing that I took away from this chapter too is like the author's really emphasizing his rise into politics and power and gaining popularity and all that. Mm -hmm. So moving into chapter four, um, the one thing that I think this format uh, might maybe not be maybe take away from it a little bit is the the compartmentalization of his personal life his political life his jobs like it feels like these four chapters there's not a lot of interweaving of 
where mm-hmm. his personal life is, where his political yep. life is. Like the chapter on politics was like very much, we're going to talk about politics. Here's the political, you know, votes, elections, positions. Um, and then once we kind of f- finish that chapter, go to chapter four, and then it's all about um, his love life. Both great chapters standing on their own. But the, I just, and it's not Kent's fault at all. I'm, this is not a knock on the book. But with the goal of being succinct and to the point and making it accessible for everyone, I think you kind of have to sacrifice like weaving in of different parts of his life into the story. Yep. Um, yep. And that was one thing in chapter four that it took me a minute to know like, okay, we're going backward a little bit in time and we're going, you know, and we're not really talking politics. Now we're talking personal life. Um, but I, th- I think it still works uh, for sure. But I do think that's one one small sacrifice from uh, doing the book this way. Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but I read a, a General Sherman biography that was laid out like that, where it talked about him as a like, and then his relationship with his men, and then his personal life, and um, that was in Fierce Patriot. And it was called Fierce Patriot, The Tangled Lives of William Tecumseh Sherman. And it the format worked really well. Um, and I think for somebody just beginning to learn about Lincoln, that, you know, kind of dividing them up like that, it's probably a little bit different for, for us reading it, but it works. Yeah, I think another thing, the way he kind of laid out the book that he struggled with in this chapter is... You're trying to write a concise history of Lincoln, so and, and there's so much out there to draw from. Mm-hmm. I felt like when he went to portray Mary, you know, then you're kind of doing it in only so many words, and you got to be careful of like the adjectives that you choose to describe them. And I felt that he kind of was, and I know we've talked about this in our uh, text group, but. but I was not a big fan of kind of how he portrayed Mary, especially after, you know, talking a little bit more detail and thinking about Mary over the last couple of weeks. I think he kind of fell into the, you know, the stereotypical description of Mary, which, you know, you're trying to write a concise history, which I could see how the way he was going about with the book, I could see how you could fall in that trap, I guess. I agree with you completely, Nick, on that. That's how I felt about it too. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Unfortunately for for David Kent, we just talked to a Mary Lincoln expert last week on the show, um, who kind of set set me straight and a lot of where I was off in my uh, scholarship uh, and and knowledge of Mary Lincoln. Um, and I, I don't know if there's a whole lot of works out there that that do a good job with her um, outside of people who were really kind of focused on her specifically and scholars of Mary Lincoln herself. Um, and I do think that it's easy to kind of fall into that, you know, uh, aristocrat from Kentucky, slave owning family, um, you know, and kind of the conflicts that she had with her parents over her choice of Abraham Lincoln and um, to kind of look at her solely through um, either her family or her spouse um, and not quite as much as looking at her for, for her as an individual. So, um, yeah, certainly not alone in that. I think most, you know, most Lincoln biographies kind of fall into that same uh, same pattern. I did like no, I how mean... the, the Mary Owens chapter was interesting. I hadn't really given that a lot of thought until it was kind of specifically kind of pulled out um, and 
part of me is thinking, you know, is this a relationship, you know, that is just something we have a little bit of evidence from in the form of letters? Is this important in Lincoln scholarship? You know, I think Ann Rutledge is very important um, just from a mental health standpoint and kind of, and, you know, kind of showed a little bit about Lincoln's character. This broken engagement with Mary Owens is interesting, but, um, you know, I'm kind of like, is it is this just maybe maybe an ex-girlfriend i don't know like how uncharacteristic was that relationship from other mid-19th century mm -hmm. relationships yeah um i don't know and then our buddy joshua speed shows up again yeah uh which is awesome i always like talking jay about speed yep. jay speed um and then of course the tragedy after he marries mary lincoln uh, with with Eddie, um, it's pretty pretty tough to read about, but I you know of course important in any Lincoln biography. Mm -hmm. I I had to laugh out loud at the way that the chapter was open with Abraham Lincoln was not a ladies' man. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud when I, when I read that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's actually a good indicator of how the book is written too. It's you know yeah. historically accurate, but mentioned succinctly and in a way that people can relate to. yeah so. yeah no i i appreciated that like i i love when humor or something like that is thrown into a book because it helps it like you reach a wider audience that way i think if you can get you know somebody laughing or saying something that is more you know just i don't know that just i i really enjoyed that part of it the way he opened the chapter i was a little nervous where you're going with that because we were just talking about how uh you know, the death of the child, and you're like, oh, I really like... Oh, God. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, I really... Sorry. You know what I think's funny? <laughs> yeah, I, Nick, the same thought crossed my mind. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, we know you well enough, Mary, that you would have never made a joke about Eddie. So. No. Um, and that's, you know, they he does spend some talking about the children and, and kind of birth order and, and a little bit about... Uh, Eddie's death uh, and that took us up to the end of chapter four uh, which was which was all you all's reading assignment for the week um, so any other general thoughts on the first four chapters of Lincoln the man who saved America uh, chapter three was my favorite uh, uh, chapter four was my least favorite um, I'm just going to rank them all. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go three, two, one, four. That's where I put the chapters. I wonder if when, when David Kent was writing this book, he's like, man, are people really going to rate these individual chapters like that? <laughs> uh, I oh. agree with chapter three. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, same here. And part of it is just because I'm always trying to analyze Lincoln as a politician, and that's, you know, that, that chapter certainly informs that uh, quite a lot. I thought chapter one was good, too. I really like chapter one. Um, cause I, I still, I still feel I need to brush up on the Kentucky, Indiana, early Illinois days, um, stuff. And, um, it always interests me too, cause that's obviously when there's the least recorded, um, history. So you, you get a little bit of variance in, in those stories as well. Um, and some of it's, uh, you know, difficult to know for sure. So I enjoyed that as well, but, um, once I kind of got into the groove of understanding what this work was about, uh, I was able to enjoy it a lot more, and, and I'm looking forward to the next two installments 
uh, of the Rail Splitter Book Club. Mary, did you have any thoughts uh, on the first four chapters you want to share? Uh, chapter three was definitely my favorite. Um, and then it's kind of a tie between chapter one and chapter two. I enjoyed those both equally. And then chapter four, like I enjoyed reading it, but it was probably my least favorite um, just because the way I think Mary was portrayed in it. But again, you know, he's he's portraying her how she is portrayed in so many biographies about Lincoln. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we are enjoying the book so far. Um, the next installment of the Rail Splitter Book Club will be probably in three or four weeks. Uh, we'll announce a date in our next show uh, so everybody kind of knows. But we're looking at reading chapters five through eight. Uh, and discussing those on the second installment of the Rail Splitter Book Club. So, uh, we need to do our This Week in Lincoln, uh, and none of us jumped up on the group chat, so I was going to go ahead and uh, bring one up, if that's all right with you all. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, well, when I was in uh, Mexico, uh, my wife and I went down there um, just to kind of get away for a little while, but also um, there was a music festival down there um, with a couple bands we like, including the Avid Brothers, um, whose bass player is one of the co-hosts of The Road to Now, just as an FYI. Uh, but one of the theme nights that they had down there, um, the Avid Brothers have like five or six songs that start, um, the titles all start Pretty Girl From... It was like Pretty Girl from the Airport, Pretty Girl from Chile, Pretty Girl from blah, 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 whatever that they've written over the years. So the theme was um, people wore, it was like Pretty Girls and Guys from, so like you were supposed to wear a shirt from your uh, hometown. Uh, so I saw a mother and a daughter, um, and they had, a sh they had shirts that said Pretty Girls from Gettysburg, and they had an outline of Lincoln's... Um, face, like a silhouette of Lincoln's face with the Gettysburg Address um, written on it. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to say anything because uh, I kind of saw them from afar, but they were kind of posted on the social media for the for the event. Um, and I'm like, man, that was... Because at first I'm like, ooh, Abraham Lincoln, they got to be from Illinois. Um, and I learned that not all Lincoln heads are, you know, <laughs> you don't have to be from <laughs> Illinois. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. Or America yeah. even. That's right. Yeah, hey, Canada. That's right. That's right. Um, so, and there were some Canadians. There was, there was a plane full of people going to Saskatchewan right next wow. to us. Wow, well, yeah. that's cold there right now. I think <laughs> Saskatchewan's got an airport. Apparently, there's a. Um, I don't know, but the guy, and then there was also a plane. When you're there for eight hours, you see a lot of flights. There's another person there, a couple there from Ottawa. Um, and they cool. also had gone to the same event that we had gone to. Um, so, and there was a Lincoln. You sure was in Ottawa, Illinois? I was going to say there was a Lincoln Douglas debate in Ottawa, Illinois, not Ottawa, Ontario. So, any parting thoughts, from Mary or Nick, before we sign off for the week? Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the next installment of this. I'm really enjoying the book, and just again, thank you to Nick for uh, telling us about that c-span talk to watch because it's really changed my opinion of it yeah and we'll definitely try to send a link out uh for those of you who are interested um it's quite long but i'll try to put where the time uh where where the pieces that we're talking about show up in that video 
Yeah, to our listeners, if you haven't read a Lincoln book, you're looking to get started, this is a good one to do it. Plus, you can kind of, you know, move along with us and, you know, jump in on our banter over Twitter, Facebook, or, uh, you know, Instagram, Snapchat. We got a Snapchat filter yet? I mean, what's the deal here? We don't, but, you know, we're always looking to expand our social media presence. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, and I want to just say I want to apologize to a couple of you. Uh, if we're not following each other on Twitter, sometimes I don't notice if you send me a send us a notice or a, a, a direct message. So I had a couple that had sat there for a couple weeks and I didn't get to, and I apologize for that. I will be more mindful of looking at our Twitter messages. Um, so you can send us a message on Twitter. We are at RailSplitterPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at TheRailSplitterPodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. That is a great way to get a hold of us. We also have a Facebook group. If you just search Rail Splitter, it should pop up. Uh, that's quite active, and there's a lot of cool articles posted there. And we are always, always, always hopeful that you will rate us on iTunes because that helps us jump up the charts. When people search for us, they'll be able to find us if we have a lot of ratings. And if you want to put a hashtag on your rating, you can choose your favorite Rail Splitter. And right now, everyone chooses hashtag Team Nick. So, uh, thank you for listening once again. We're really looking forward to the next installment of our book club. Stay tuned for Monday. We're going to have a special episode. It'll be shorter and a little bit uh, just kind of a special birthday episode for Abraham Lincoln for his 209th birthday on Monday, February 12th. So, until then, we hope you all hold on, well. hold on, hold on. You hope you, we hope you are navigating the snow well if you are in the Midwest. And we ask you to continue and to walk the world. Oh. Fillmore, you stuck. Oh, we, we almost forgot. Fillmore sucks. Anyway, literally, before I almost said with malice toward none, Nick says someone else sucks. Nick comes out with that. So, but anyway, once again, be careful in the snow if you're in the Midwest. And continue to walk the world with malice toward none and charity for all, and we'll see you next week.